This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm really excited for this episode today. I admit it's a little bit of a pivot. So we were hosting someone today whose mama got sick and she had to go fly across to Europe to go visit her and be with her in this time that she needs her. And so we are going to do her episode a little bit later. And I had this amazing conversation just last week. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to share that. We're going to share that right now. Somewhat related topic because we're talking about food and health. But yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to dive in today. And I'm going to tell you about the title first. (laughs) And then I'm going to introduce who it is that we're going to talk to. And I have, I think, one announcement. Not much today. So actually, it's an exciting announcement. Now that I'm saying that out loud, I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we get there, so we're going to talk about diet culture today. And we're going to talk about how to ditch it. Actually, I'm going to tell you right now that our guest who's going to come on is Nicole Hagen, and she is was just such a joy to talk to. She's a nutrition coach. She's the host of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast, and she's also a new mom. And she just has a great energy. And I was telling her she has really great words. <laughs> and words make a big difference when we are talking about our bodies and diet culture. And so tune in to the words she uses. And I call her out on it quite a few times because I was really impressed by her language. So the reason I called this episode Diet Culture Takes Time, and I don't always share the name of the episode when I'm recording this beginning of the episode, but I've been thinking about this a lot lately. We've been in Flow 365. We're doing this experiment where everybody set a three-week health goal and I listen to those goals and also I know all of our members pretty well and I took what I knew plus time zones and like different aspects of the health goal and just life and I paired people and everybody is talking for three minutes, three minutes. I'm always like no more than five minutes, but three minutes a day. And some people say they can definitely do it in like under a minute and just keeping each other really super accountable to this three week health goal that they've each individually defined. And It's been really cool to watch and really amazing to hear the ahas every week when we're so supported. And because we're talking a lot about health goals and weight goals and all these things, a little bit more than we normally do. I mean, we're always talking goals, but often they're very balanced between work and body and home and spirituality and all the different areas that we're talking about. And so we're really focused right now on this topic. And I was thinking like, wow, it's really interesting how when we really tune in to our bodies and our hearts, which is what everyone's doing, who's doing these three weeks goals, it becomes so much more easeful and it takes less time, literally. And I got to thinking how when we're constantly scanning diet culture and like we should do this and we should do that and we should eat this way and we should take these supplements and oh, this is the way that we're exercising now. And we're constantly scanning and having to make sense of that and decide about that. It takes a freaking lot of time. So when we're always looking outside of ourselves for how our bodies should be, we're literally spending 
hours a week that we could be doing so many other things, including things that are good for our body, like sleeping and making food and also getting meaningful work projects done and being with family and with our kids and taking time to travel. I mean, just so many things. And I was like, somebody should calculate how much time it actually takes. But I'm just saying it takes time. And so I'm really excited to dive into this conversation because everything that Nicole shares will help you to be in a different relationship with your body and that will put you in a different relationship with time. So I needed to draw that pathway because I always want you to understand why I share what I do. And it always has that underlying thing of where I think our conditioning, the culture we live in, it's taking away valuable time that we can claim back if we're really living from the inside out instead of from the outside in. All right, that was my soapbox moment, but I hope that gets you excited to hear from Nicole. The other thing I want to say is that I have been really focused, which I'm super proud of. The reason I do everything I do, by the way, is that focus does not come 100% naturally to me. So I needed to figure out a system of how to focus my creative brain (laughs) and my brain who wants to take care of everybody and all the things. I needed to figure out a way to focus on what was really mattering in the moment. And that is where the whole flow planning process came from, you know, 10 years ago when it all started, or I guess, you know, it's weird. Like it really started getting formalized around 15 years ago. We didn't make a planner until about six years ago, but 15 years ago now. And I can gauge that because of my youngest kid. So I've been in my focus cave, let's call it that, Two full days a week, actually, like I really worked hard to make it so that all calls, all podcasting, all busy work happened in the other three days. And for two full days, I've been going into this creative cave for like, I don't know, maybe three or four weeks now. And the newest version of the planner is done. And it's, I'm so excited about it. There's so many pieces I'm excited about. I'm excited that the pages feel in a slightly better order, like little pieces that I didn't feel were quite right in the last two versions. Like I'm really liking how they are. The little pieces that weren't right are always around like just making it clearer how to break things down or when to break things down. All the quotes are from people who've been on the podcast, which is so exciting. So I originally had quoted a lot of famous people And as much as I love their quotes, I'm so excited that this is like really a community moment. What else is different? We've listening to guidance, like listening to my own intuition has been super important, like learning in my, you know, adult life and something that I've had so much fun with, I would say in the past, maybe 10 years has been Oracle cards, which, you know, if you've been around here for a long time, so many of our guests have even created their own decks. We weave it into different pieces in our live programming and now they're weaved into the planner. So don't worry if you buy a planner, I'll teach you all about it. Like, and just to be clear, like what I'll teach you, it could be weaved into like, if you're like, oh, I'm not that woo. There's so many unwoo ways. You can get a deck of cards that are just inspirational quotes. Like this doesn't have to be woo. It's just makes it fun. And it also is a really strange way to tap into what you need. It's like strangely true. So that's weaved in. Oh, this is really cool. We've partnered with my really good friend, Carrie, who has an amazing company called August Table, and she creates table linens and napkins and dish towels and pillows, like all sorts of cool things with these amazing patterns. And I was telling her the other day, because we've been longtime friends, she was one of the first people I actually met, like, in my adult working life. (laughs) She was one of the first friends I met. So we met before kids, but it was like after college. And I don't have many people actually that I met in that in-between phase that I still talk to all the time. So we met then. And I was telling her the other day, like, I remember when she, her daughter was born six months after my first son. So our kids also like lined up in ages and she was painting her daughter's room. And we had this practice often of having Sunday breakfast, brunch together as a family. It was a way to just like let the kids run around. Like we could connect as adults, all the things. And one weekend she like couldn't do it because she was painting. She was painting her daughter's room. And 
it just sounded like really ornate when she was explaining it. When I went to go see it, I like literally couldn't believe it. She had like stenciled the most amazing design on her daughter's room. And this is what her table linens are. They're like these really cool patterns. Anyway, she recently came out with wallpaper and I'm getting to the point of how this has to do the planner. And because she made wallpaper, her patterns got digitized in a way that they haven't been before. And they're going to be featured as the covers. And so you're going to, these planners, you're going to want to like put them on a table. I mean, you're going to use them too, but like, they're going to be beautiful. They're going to be great holiday gifts. And the real announcement of this is that you should go get on the wait list because we are going to release them into the world at like, I'm not going to make any profit. I just want as many people to have them. So they're going to be on super sale when they first launch. And I am going to ask you to possibly go write a review in return for the super sale, but you could stock up and like have these beautiful gifts to give for not very much for the holidays. So look at that. That's coming up. And I'm just really excited for all that is going to be. And yeah, that's my big announcement. That's a huge announcement. You know, it's like a huge announcement. We have the new planner coming out. There's also a lot more coming down the pipeline, but the planner is huge. And I just want to honor that for this show. So go sign up to be on the first to know list. I guess that's what we'll call it at plansimple.com slash planner. Okay. The link will also be in the show notes. Probably at some point soon, it will be on Instagram. So you'll be able to see it wherever it is. And it's coming out toward the end of October. So that's how you'll know, you know, if you're listening to this in real time or not. The special deal will be sometime at the end of October, but then obviously the planner is always still available and it's going to be, it's so good. I'm so excited. It's really fun to upgrade something multiple times. So I think this is the fourth iteration of the planner. And every time has been informed by hundreds of people using it. And it's really amazing to see the evolution of that. And from my perspective, just in what I'm stepping into right now, it's like, oh, it's really capturing the essence of what it means to make choices in the most feminine way. It's like doing that more and more and more. So just go get on the wait list if you're as excited as I am, or even if you're not, just to go check it out and see what it is. All right. Okay. That was my very small, very big announcement for today. So let's meet Nicole. I feel like I get her on the show. I think I already told you she's a nutrition coach. She's the host of an amazing podcast. We'll share that in a few weeks too. I think I'm going to be on her podcast. She's a new mom. And you're just going to literally love listening to her energy and everything she has to say about this topic. And I hope that this really serves you as you head into a season where I find, especially in the US when we're heading, it's like it starts with Halloween, right? It starts at the end of October. Maybe it even starts with pumpkin lattes at Starbucks. I don't know. But we get so drawn in to what the world thinks we should have and what our conditioning thinks we should have and what our customs and culture says we should have. And I hope this episode really helps you tune into what you need right now, what your body needs right now, so that you can be your healthiest self for your family, for yourself, for your work, for all the things. Yeah, that's my wish. And I'm on this journey a bit right now too. And so on the next episode, I'm going to share more about that. All right. With no further ado, let's get the amazing Nicole Hagen on the show. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored to be here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. And it's funny because you, I think you have a little one and we have a few little ones in our program that have been born over this past year. And it's just like, I can't wait to hear about all the things you balance, which is my first question. So what are all the things you balance? So when you're thinking about your life as a mother and an entrepreneur, like tell us about what you're balancing on a daily basis. Give us a picture. Oh my goodness. I will give you the little nutshell version, but I have to disclose that I do my best to balance all of these things. I don't know that I excel at it all the time, <laughs> but I'm giving it a good college try. I currently am balancing being a new mom. So I have a 13 month old beautiful little boy at home. And that has been a new hat for me to wear. I absolutely love every single second. And it's also a wild ride. I mean, yeah. he is keeping me on my toes right now. <laughs> and I also 
a business owner. I run a small business called Nutrition Coaching with Nicole. I am the head nutrition coach there because I just absolutely love working one-on-one with my clients and I hope to never give that up. So I love that. The role of coach, the role of, I have a team member as well, a co-coach. So CEO hat, whatever you want to call that. I am also a wife. My husband and I have been married for, we just celebrated seven years together. Congratulations. Thank you. It has gone by so quickly. And sometimes it feels like I've known him for 70 years. And a couple of years ago, let's see, two years ago now, we, my husband and I were planning to grow our family and my son Cole is adopted. So we knew that we were going to start that process. So we actually relocated we picked up from my hometown, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and relocated to Florida where my parents have lived for over a decade to be closer to family. So spending wow. time with my parents who help us tremendously with childcare is also something that we navigate. So it's a lot. I have a very full life and I love most of it, but there are certainly hard days. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so good. So full. I have to admit that like we're going to be talking a bit about health and my health transformation definitely shifted. So I have three kids and it was a moment when the baby was about your son's age and my oldest was under five. And I was like, what have I done? And like, how am I ever going to take care of this body? But it worked out. (laughs) It worked out in the end, but there were some moments where I was like, what have I done? What's happening? How do I have all these things? How do I wear all these hats? All right. So you said a number of things before we pressed record that I'm like, how do I get back to that? Because I'm loving all these words that she's using. So let's talk a little bit about, well, the thing that you said, so you use this word, I'm just going to say it out loud. You use this word body composition. So I'm going to ask you to like tie that in because I just loved like how you said that because I hear a lot of terminology, you know, and because we're, you know, both of us are in this world of wellness, you know, and both of us happen to, you know, be taking a stand for the diet culture. Sometimes I hear like weird words that I don't like, (laughs) like in the fighting of the diet culture, you know, like, it's like, wait, why are we saying it that way? I don't like it. But for whatever reason, you used all these words where I was like, I like that word. Body composition was one of them. But you also talked about weight loss versus fat loss. Can we start there? Because I feel like that just might be an amazing beginning of a conversation. I would love to. This difference became very important in my, what I think of now as my recovery journey. So before I was a nutrition coach, before a long time before I was a mom, I struggled myself deeply with food and body insecurity. And I was a classic diet culture groupie who thought that if I lived in a smaller, lighter, body, I would be more worthy, more desirable. I would be better. And I lived and died by the scale. I would step on the scale every morning without fail. I would then go for a run and I would come home and step on the scale. I would go to the bathroom, have breakfast, step on the scale. Like I was just so obsessed with weight and the kind of long story short of that journey was I whittled myself down to essentially a very unhealthy, emaciated woman who didn't have a period for several years, ended up breaking my hip and breaking my spine in my twenties because I had done so much damage to my bone density. And I was kind of forced to reevaluate a lot of things. But one of those things was this emphasis, this power that I had given the number on the scale, my weight. And I find that with the work that I'm able to do, a lot of women think that what they want is weight loss, but they fail to acknowledge that weight loss can be achieved in many, many different ways. Some of which I would even argue most of which are wildly unhealthy. So weight loss can incorporate losing fat, but it can also incorporate losing water, losing muscle, and even losing bone mass. So in my past history, there were probably days where I celebrated seeing a new low on the scale. And what I didn't know was that I had lost very important things to me, muscle, bone, water, and there was no reason to celebrate whatsoever. Weight loss is not always worth celebrating. For example, let's say I embark on a low calorie crash diet because I want quick weight loss. That sounds really good to me because who doesn't want to see results yesterday, you know? And because I'm significantly under fueling my body, I'm eating very little, perhaps I'm exercising a lot. I will also lose muscle mass in addition to body fat, but the number on the scale is going down. So that's encouraging to me. We might not think that that's a big deal. 
However, when the diet fails, because of course it will, it's not sustainable to eat very, very little and exercise a ton and the weight comes back on, I'm then likely to gain even more weight back because now I don't have as much muscle on my frame, which burns more calories at rest compared to fat. Whereas if I take a much slower approach, which I get is not sexy, and I take a health promoting approach, which means I'm making sure that I'm powerfully nourished before creating a caloric deficit, which is required for fat loss, it will be much easier to maintain my results, maintain my muscle mass, preserve my bone density, and make sure that I'm targeting excess body fat. So the difference there is the number on the scale can only tell you what your weight is. And that is encompassing water, muscle, organ, tissue, skeleton, all of those things. Whereas fat loss is taking from the energy stores that your body holds, that excess body fat, and preserving those other things that we want for longevity, for health, for independence, for staying upright on our own two feet for as long as humanly possible. And sometimes we just treat them as though they're the same, when in reality, they're two very, very different things. So I tend to use the expression fat loss, even though most people are talking in terms of weight loss, because I want us to know the difference. I don't want to help you lose weight at the cost of your health or at the expense of your health. I want to help you lose excess body fat if you have excess body fat and that's important to you while preserving all of the important parts of our body that we want to keep for as long as possible. I love that. I love that. And what I imagine, especially as we age, that like we don't want to mess with our bone density because it's already working against us at that point. Like, yeah, what you might be able to get away with in your 20s becomes harder and harder to get away with. And I will share that when a couple years ago, I just needed to tweak some stuff around hormone situations that were happening in my 40s. And it was just this moment where when I shifted how I ate in my mid thirties, which is when my baby was the age of your son, a lot changed really quickly. And it was great. Like it was sustainable. Like everything was about me getting healthy. And so I've eaten like gluten-free and dairy-free, like that's just been my way of life ever since. And it's really served me well, but something happened in this like hormonal flux that like, I just needed to get a little bit more dialed in. I like needed to focus a little bit more on protein actually, because I eat high plants. And so I did that. And I don't have a scale, but I had gone to a doctor and been weighed at one point. And then I went through this whole protocol of balancing my hormones and my whole body changed like so much, but my weight didn't change at all. It's just like it like redistributed in different places or I don't even know what happened, but like nothing shifted on the scale, but I felt like I was in a whole new body after that. So I feel like weight really isn't the number one. Like that really taught me in a very like tangible way that like weight isn't the only measure, even though I hear that all the time. It's a perfect example of body recomposition. So we yeah. were talking about body composition and I find that that's what more people want. So whenever I am introduced to a new client, she comes into my world and says, I want to lose weight. My clarifying question is always, okay, tell me this. If at the end of our journey, you look the way that you want to, you feel the way that you want to, you have fantastic health markers and you're showing up in your life the way that you want to, but the number on the scale is exactly the same. Are you happy? Usually the answer is yes, because yeah. what I want is not just to see a number. That number means virtually nothing for me in how I show up in my life. What I want is a quality of life. What I want is a confidence. What I want is a health status. Yeah. And so maybe we are losing excess body fat, but Maybe we're also strength trained. So we're building some muscle mass or maybe my body is more appropriately nourished. So there's more bulk in my system. I'm more hydrated. So there's more water in my belly. Well, that number on the scale may not change a whole lot, but my body composition completely different. Yeah. And there is the occasional woman who, because of diet culture says, no, I need to see this number on the scale. That's what success means to me. And then we have a lot of unpacking to do because there's nothing magical, of course, about that number that changes anything about your life. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about this diet culture. Like you see this all the time because people are coming to you. Probably a lot of times people come to you because of diet culture and then you shift it when they're there. Is that true? Like, do you feel like women still come to have a change like in reaction to what's around us? Definitely. I think it's a good mix. So I tend to be, I used to joke growing up, I didn't meet 
my husband until I was 24, 25. So in my, I grew up in like a little conservative small town. So it seemed like I was a late bloomer in terms of the dating world. Everybody was finding their spouses early and I wasn't. So I always joked like I was the person that you would date before you ended up finding your partner, your forever (laughs) person. And I sort of feel like now I'm the nutrition coach that you come to after you've realized none of this works. Like dieting sucks. And clearly what I've been trying, even if they're different diets with different names, they're all essentially the same thing, just with a different label slapped on top. I'm the person that women come to when they realize, okay, this approach, this eat less, move more, restrict, deprive, follow arbitrary food rules. It's not working for me. I can't seem to keep it off or it's not working at all, period. My mindset's a mess. I'm obsessed with food. I guess I need to try something different. But certainly we all have those external influences because diet culture is so pervasive that there are elements of, I feel like I should want to lose weight, right? Like that should be a goal. And then we unpack that work together by asking a client, is this really important to you? Like, how will your life change if this actually happens? What if we focus on your habits instead, get you to a place where you feel really good about how you're showing up for yourself, for your family, in the kitchen, out of the kitchen, And then let's just kind of see where your body composition falls as a byproduct. Like let it be the outcome of how you want to live your life and how you feel your best. But diet culture is everywhere, everywhere, especially with social media these days. Like you just can't escape it. You have to be so intentional about putting your blinders on and actively thinking and fighting against diet culture. It's, I mean, I think there was a big kind of trend recently where we were revisiting, what is it? The Yo Play commercial or something where they were talking about the itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini. And of course, all of your problems are going to be solved by you having a 110 calorie yogurt as a meal. And then there was the special K commercial like that. I mean, I grew up in the nineties and two thousand. So I remember all of those things, but they're everywhere. Commercials, social media, just in our conversation with our friends. Maybe we grew up with, you know, a mom who was constantly on slim fast or constantly dieting and talking about how much she hated her body and was trying to hide in baggy clothes. We are all subjected to it in one way, shape or form. And it's realizing just how much it's impacting our thoughts and our food choices that then opens up our mind's eye, I think, to realize, oh my gosh, I had no idea that this much of my relationship with food was influenced by diet culture, which essentially kind of to back that a little bit is this belief system that smaller people, thinner people, lighter people are better people. They're more beautiful. They're more worthy. They're healthier. And what research shows us now is that's simply not true. There are people who can live in larger bodies who have wonderfully healthy habits. And in fact, when we look at their health markers are healthier than people who live in smaller bodies. So it's taking a look at the person and their behaviors that they execute most consistently and not looking at simply what their body looks like externally and passing a judgment on them. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, I feel like, cause I'm a little bit older than you, <laughs> like, so I feel like the part like where I had the aha about diet culture then afterwards, which was probably when you were coming into your work there was like this moment where it was like there was a big rebellion against the diet culture, which probably we're probably still in a little bit. But the weird thing is, is that, you know, obviously the solution is an 110 calorie yogurt, but we do sometimes have to change what we're doing. And I feel like there was like a rebellious, like cultural thing around changing and like, you know, not being able to eat whatever you wanted. Like there was like a little bit of a, like a thing in there. And I feel like now we're circling back around and because people like you exist and you're just fighting the culture, but also taking a stand for health. I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, cause there's a little bit of a fine line in there, you know, it's like, we don't want to adhere to diet culture and we also want to be healthy. We might have to do some, change some behaviors in order to be healthy. Exactly. I, refer to where I sit on the spectrum as the messy middle. So there are certainly those individuals, those coaches who believe that following a very strict, rigid diet and any weight loss is good, is positive. That's what everybody should be doing. And I don't agree with that end of the spectrum, but the opposing end of the spectrum is all dieting is bad. And we've sort of misconstrued the original definition of the word diet, which is simply just yeah. what we eat. Yeah. <laughs> all dieting is bad. And we should all just practice body positivity. 
which in my opinion is a little foo-foo and a little unrealistic. Like we're all going to wake up not loving how we feel and look in our bodies some days. That's just being a human. So I find myself kind of gravitating towards the center of that space where absolutely there is undeniable benefit to creating health change in our eating habits, in our lifestyle behaviors. And I also believe in body autonomy. So if you want to live in a leaner body, maybe that's for a performance goal. You want to do something awesome in the gym, or you want to run your first 5k, whatever it is, or you just simply want to feel differently in your body and in your clothes. I think that's great, but it's how we go about it and why we're going about it. That are the two most important factors that we need to address. If you're doing it because you think it's going to make you more worthy. Like I once thought, well, you're going to be disappointed. Even when you reach the goal, you're still not going to be happy. But if you're doing it because you want more energy, you want a better quality of life. You want to show up in your life more fully instead of worrying about, I don't know. I've had clients express all sorts of fears to me, like not being able to play with their children or their grandchildren comfortably on the floor, needing to ask for seatbelt extenders or not being able to participate in activities like hiking or going on a ride at Disney world, because for whatever reason, their endurance or their quality of life just keeps them from saying yes to that without fear. I think creating that health promoting change is a wonderful, beautiful thing. We have to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? And how is my life going to improve when I do this? If I'm simply trying to lose vanity weight for the sake of losing vanity weight, and I'm going about it in an unhealthy way, maybe let's question that. Yeah, I love that. And it's interesting. I was just interviewing someone the other day, actually about health. And so probably these episodes will be airing at similar times, but she's in her, I feel like she's maybe in her mid to late sixties. And I mean, literally, if you look at her, you would think she was like 40. I'm always surprised when I see her face, but for her, it's really like at this point about the brain, right? Like it's like, she's literally like, when you turn 65, it like has nothing to do with your body. You just want to be able to think. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like there is this whole aspect of like, we women really need to talk. Like, you know, as we were just saying, like growing up and stuff, like we didn't talk about things like this, you know? And it's like, we just listened to the yogurt commercial and the whatever, the cereal commercial. And we just sort of like did the things and we weren't unpacking it, I think, in the same way that we're starting to unpack it, even in like multi-generational structures right now, which is so cool. I can definitely empathize with that a little bit, just given my history. And most people who fracture a hip are, you know, 70 plus years old. And here I was a month on bed rest in my twenties because of how poorly I had treated my body. So it really did cause me to be a little bit more forward thinking in my health practice and in, you know, my food behaviors. And I do think we struggle a lot with delayed gratification, just generally as humans, we want it now. We want it, you know, immediately. We want to see results from the effort we put in right away. But what ultimately matters is the quality of life 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, plus, and it's really hard to put our brains in that frame of mind until we're there or until we have a big health scare. I see that with, you know, clients and in my own life as well. It's sort of like, oof, if I'm destroying my bone density now, what does that mean for me when I'm in my seventies, eighties, nineties? I don't want to do damage that's irreversible now. So yeah, we do kind of have to, to play the long game while also not causing myself heaps of anxiety by not living in the present moment. That is, Hey, what can I do right now? What can I do today to support my body optimally to make sure that I have as much energy as possible to do all the things that I want to do in my life? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Okay. So if someone's like, yeah, I'm like ready to ditch the diet culture. And I like, am also ready to be healthier than I am right now. Tell us what you believe our steps should be. This is a tough question to answer because obviously I would not be doing my due diligence as an individualized nutrition coach if I didn't say it depends. (laughs) It depends on the person, (laughs) which I know is an incredibly frustrating answer to hear as a listener, but it definitely is not a cookie cutter solution. It depends on what you're personally struggling with. Like, where do you feel as though your strengths lie? What are you feeling good about in terms of your behaviors? Where do you feel like the gaps are? What is your body telling you? So our bodies are constantly talking to us and sending us feedback. We're just really terrible at listening to them. Historically, unless they're screaming at us that something needs to change, we tend to just shove it down. But if our bodies had a voice, what might they be saying to us in terms of, hey, you're not going to the bathroom very regularly. Like, might we want to eat some more plants and get some more fiber in there? Hey, you're waking up with 
exhaustion, kind of the first thing that you do in the morning and something maybe has to change here if we want more energy in our life without relying on caffeine all the time or other stimulants. So if we're talking blanket statement that of course it can't be individualized to a group of listeners, first and foremost, I like to start with nutrition by addition. So I am currently a nutrition coach. My master's is in nutrition science and public health, but my undergraduate degree is in health psychology. And I love psychology and understanding why people do what they do. And one of the things psychology taught me is that when we restrict and we take away and we deprive and we limit, our brains do not like that. That doesn't feel good, right? It's telling a kid like, don't look, there's a naked person behind you. Of course, we're going to turn around and look. Even I would do it as an adult, right? Like if someone tells you not to eat bread, all you want is bread. Right. All of a sudden you want it more than you've ever wanted it in your life. So taking things away, which is what most crash diets do. Don't eat this list of foods, cut out calories. It's not a great place to start. And psychologically, we don't see a lot of sustainability or longevity to plans that start by cutting things out, reducing or eliminating. So I love to start with nutrition by addition. And what I mean by that is, what are you not getting enough of? Let's try adding more of that first, which feels much better mentally adding things in than taking out. Typically what I see is that most women are not eating enough protein simply because protein is not a convenience-based food. We've gotten better, but usually you can't just, you know, grab a raw chicken breast and start munching away between meals. It requires some sort of prep. It requires some sort of cooking and that takes time and it takes energy. So a lot of us reach for carbohydrate or fat dominant snacks. Nothing wrong with carbs and fats. I believe all foods fit. However, those things are not going to give us the long-term energy that we want and the satiety, the fullness factor that protein does. So if a client is not eating enough protein, that's something that we always want to address first. How can we incorporate more protein into your life? Proteins that you love, that you enjoy, that are easily transportable. If you have to be in the car or you're commuting to work. The second thing that most women that I work with are not getting enough of is fiber. Plants are something that again, requires some sort of prep unless we like eating them raw, which is great. Raw, cooked, roasted, grilled, however you want to enjoy them, just eat plants. But most of us are not getting enough of that simply because we rely on those convenience processed packaged foods, which again, there's nothing wrong with, but they're simply not as nutritionally dense. So that might be something else that I would recommend. So protein and fiber are generally the two things that I start by suggesting to clients. And adding. Adding. Yes. Yeah, and it's cool because like, I'll say I personally, like I started adding smoothies. So that was actually one of my first moves. And it's like, when you add the smoothie, you don't necessarily have room for the muffin, like, right? Like you fill yourself up with the fiber thing. And then it's like, by default, you eliminate the other thing. So I love that strategy. Exactly. And that's kind of like glimpsing behind the curtain is sometimes by adding things, we end up eating less overall, which is how we create fat loss, right? A caloric deficit. That's not the goal. The goal is to powerfully nourish the body and make sure that the body's getting all the nutrients that it needs. But sometimes, like you said, you're not hungry for the muffin you might notice that by the end of the day, you're not nighttime snacking on everything you can find in your pantry because you've actually eaten enough throughout the yep. day. So you're snacking more purposefully, more intentionally. Awesome. I love that. Nutrition by addition. It's huge. <laughs> I also would recommend, and this kind of circles back to our weight loss versus fat loss discussion. I always encourage all of my clients to celebrate progress beyond the scale. So I require all of my clients to choose multiple metrics to track. And the scale can certainly be one of them if that feels good for them and they have a healthy relationship with the scale. But there are so many other ways that we can make progress that often go unrecognized if we're only stepping on the scale. So we've mentioned a couple already throughout our conversation, energy level, workout performance, mood and libido, our appetite and our hunger cues, how I feel energy wise, how I feel in my clothes, my girth measurements, progress photos, if I want to take those, just confidence around food. Am I thinking about food all the time? Am I panicked around meals or do I feel 
little bit more relaxed, a little bit more competent to assemble a meal that's going to serve me, whether I'm in my kitchen or I'm out eating at a restaurant. So figuring out what metrics mean the most to you, maybe that's a health metric like your cholesterol or your blood sugar or your blood pressure, things of that nature can be incorporated as well. And then keeping track of those things and celebrating when one or several of them improve is going to be huge because a lot of the time we can be making fantastic progress towards health goals and even fat loss. But because the number on the scale, let's say I ate a lot of salt last night, or I had more carbohydrates than usual, or for whatever reason, I haven't gone to the bathroom and, or I am on a new medication or I'm sore from a workout. All of those things encourage water retention, which means when I step on the scale, that number is going to be higher. That's not fat. It's not as though I didn't make progress, but that's what I translate it to mean is, Oh, I'm up a pound. Clearly everything I did over the last week is broken. It's not working. So then we give up and we resign to finding the next magic pill or starting over on Monday. When in reality, we were on the right track to begin with. We were only measuring progress by the scale. I love that. Okay. So I don't know if there's more to share on the list of things, but can I, I'm going to interrupt with a follow-up question to that one, which is that like, so whether it's the scale or any of the metrics, I have a feeling you have something smart to say about tracking and like for anyone who is triggered by that, because I feel like mostly that would probably be because of the diet culture, whether you know that or not. Do you have any wisdom for that person who's just like the idea of tracking anything just feels hard or just like triggering, like it makes you want to go eat a cookie <laughs> instead of like eat more kale. <laughs> Absolutely. So the disclaimer I always use with my clients is if stepping on the scale or insert any other measurement, measurement of progress yeah. makes you or has the potential to make you feel less worthy as a person, don't, we're not there yet. We haven't created a healthy relationship with it. Now, most of us that's going to be with the scale because of how diet culture has conditioned yeah. us to make weight mean everything. So oftentimes a client will completely throw the scale away or they'll ask their partner to put it somewhere where they're unaware of. They'll put it in the trunk of their car because who's going to get it out of their trunk and step on it, you know? Whereas if it's in our bathroom, then we can kind of talk ourselves into like, well, let me just check. Let me just, yeah. which is pain shopping, right? We just don't need to be stepping on the scale if we don't have a healthy relationship with weight. And that's a lot of women to start with. And then we can progressively work towards having a better relationship with it or newsflash, you don't even need the scale to measure progress, to be honest. So if you have a metric, a form of measurement that just genuinely is not feeling good for you, or it's causing panic, it's causing overwhelm, let's find something else. There are so yeah. many other options. The other thing that makes a world of difference that usually has to be something we work on over time is realizing that any one metric means virtually nothing. Mm. And what really matters is the trend over time. So whenever I'm working with a new client, what I will tell them is any single metric is not going to be enough for us to say, yes, this is working. We want to do more of it. Let's grow it. Or no, this is not working. We need to pivot and go a different direction. One way in one progress photo, one, it's not enough. What we have to do is say, Hey, what's the trend doing? What is my body telling me over an accumulation of time? And that's what we want to focus on, which again is harder than one conversation harder than just yeah, something. Yeah, no. Do. And it's interesting. I was, it's funny. I was just at my youngest daughter is now starting high school. That makes me feel old, but my youngest daughter is just starting high school. And so we went to like the night with all the teachers. And one of the teachers was like, you know, I don't know if this was like this when you were in school. It certainly was not like it when I was in school. Now I'm really feeling like an old lady and I'm not that much older, but anyway, <laughs> but it was not like this. We didn't have like the thing where you could check your grades every single day on your phone, which is what they have now at every single moment. You know, we just got like quarterly reports and like whatever, cause it wasn't digitized. And so they can check at any moment. So she's like, I don't post anything for three weeks because you literally can't see the trend. Like if you get a bad grade on your first one, it has nothing to do with the end, but like you think it does. So she's like, I don't even post anything for three weeks because you can't see any type of trend until you have like, you know, more data in there. And so I think that's so true. And, you know, grades are grades and our body like is much more triggering to many of us. So maybe our grades are triggering if you're in high school, but you know, I love that perspective and yeah. it makes so much sense. I mean, it's essentially as if you got a fasting glucose number and it was high. Okay. Yeah. Well, we don't necessarily need to be thrown on a medication because we had one reading that's measuring as high because, well, what did you eat the night before? Were you super stressed? Right. Like, when did you get it taken? What else is going on in your life? Whereas maybe if we were looking at 
over time, that fasting glucose was in a perfectly healthy range. And that one higher number was just an anomaly. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't want to like get rid of everything we're doing if it's working, but there was just a little fluctuation. Yeah. I love that. All right. Did I interrupt you or were you good with those changes? The things I didn't want to interrupt. No, that I I, of things. Okay. (laughs) Unless you have follow-up questions, that is generally where I would start in terms of let's focus on nutrition by addition in terms of the non-scale metrics. I listed several. That's not an all-encompassing list. Certainly there are others. And I guess the third point that I would, I mean, everyone that follows me on social media is tired of hearing me talk about sustainability, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it. Oh, that's funny. That's really my next question. So talk. (laughs) Perfect. The third suggestion that I would give is whatever you're doing, ensure sustainability. And what I mean by that simply is a lot of the time we're so focused on getting the outcome as quickly as possible. We'll do anything that promises us the outcome without stepping back to ask, is the outcome going to stick with me because I can stick with the behaviors that produced the outcome? So for example, if I decide to cut all carbs tomorrow, yeah, I'm going to see a huge reduction on the scale one because of water weight. But even if I am creating a caloric deficit, I'm creating fat loss as a result of eating low carb, but I don't want to spend the foreseeable future eating low carb. I certainly don't want to spend the rest of my life eating low carb. The second I'm celebrating my child's birthday and have some cake and ice cream, or I want to enjoy pizza night on Friday with my family, I'm in trouble because now I've not eaten low carb. And then I kind of fall down this shame spiral of like, oh, I've messed everything up. I have to go back to, you know, eating all of the carbs and then start all over again. There's no sustainability there. So instead, I like to reframe in terms of what can I do to create this desired outcome that I can foresee myself sticking with long-term, that I am happy to maintain. And that's where those healthy habits come in. Instead of thinking crash diet, what's something that I can realistically integrate into my life without feeling like I'm sacrificing the lifestyle that I want and that I desire, or I'm sacrificing you know, the ease of if something requires me to cook every single meal in my kitchen and it's going to take 30 or 60 minutes per meal. No, thanks. Like that's not working for me. There's no sustainability there. Maybe I could do it for two weeks, but it's going to crash and burn after a short period of time because I just don't want to spend that time that way. So it's not sustainable. So then any results I got from doing that are going to disappear. And I'm going to gain the weight back and I'm going to go back to those old comfortable behaviors. So sustainability, it's something that's talked about a lot. And sometimes it kind of sounds like a buzzword, but it really lives up to the hype. Yeah. I love that. Awesome. All right. How do we find you? How does everyone find you? Yeah. Come hang out with me. I predominantly spend time on Instagram at nutrition with Nicole and I C O L E. And I also love podcasting. I just think there's so much nuance to a lot of these nutrition conversations that can't fit in an Instagram caption. So I have a podcast called the health wealth and wisdom podcast. Wealth is spelled W E L L T H little play on words there. And we're always talking about debunking popular diets or just kind of addressing the mindset barriers that a lot of us face when we're trying to create behavior change. So if you love listening to podcasts, come hang out with us there and we're going to connect on my show soon. So all your listeners will be able to hear you there. So fun. And I think one thing that someday I'm going to cover here that I think you covered already was, I think you covered 75 hard, didn't you? Did you? Oh, yes. Yes. I have so many thoughts about that. Anyway, we don't need to get into that because we're ending the show now, but go listen to Nicole's (laughs) version of that over on her show. From my perspective, it's very unfeminine and we're always talking about what feminine productivity looks like. So that's my little spiel for right now. I think Um, it fits into the sustainability piece of our conversation though. Like what do you do after 75 days, like day 76? Do you just go back to doing what you did before? Because you can't 75 hard your way through life. Let's be real. Right. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay. So all those links will be in the show notes. Thank you so much. Is there anything I've forgotten to ask you? I don't think so. And if there is in so many bases, <laughs> someone else has a question, just shoot me a DM. I'm actually the person answering my DMs. I love having conversations. I always tell everyone I could talk about nutrition and mindset and food stuff all day, every day. Like I just do not get tired of it. So come hang out. Let's chat. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole. This has been amazing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes. So you can take what you've heard and put it into action. Action is where change happens. Even though we want big change, it really is the little things done over and over that make the difference. So pick a doable thing. We're going to give you three in one second. Put it in your calendar. Weave it through your days for a week and then move on to the next one. It will have a snowball effect, I promise. Done are the days where we take it all on at once, all right? Okay, here are three doable changes from my conversation with Nicole. Number one, nutrition by addition. Instead of restricting what you eat, start with something you are not getting enough of. For a lot of people, this can be protein or fiber, and pick one way to add more of that. For example, you could add a smoothie with lots of fruits and veggies to add fiber. You could batch cook protein, beans. You could add protein to meals throughout the week. You could pack some protein-filled snacks that you keep in your car, right? So all of these things are things you could focus on. Again, you're going to focus on one, what would nutrition by addition look like for you if this is your doable change? All right. Doable change number two, know what you really want. Would you be happy if you looked and felt the way you wanted to, had fantastic health markers, and were showing up the way that you want to, but the number on the scale didn't change from what it is now? So really think about that. What is it that you really want? Is it more energy? Is it to be able to do certain activities right now or in the future? What do you want to be like when you're 90, right? What do you really want? And spend some time for a week being brutally honest and starting to understand this. And guess what? If you really aren't loving the number on the scale right now, that can be part of you uncovering what you really want. But you start there and you keep going. You make this a doable change that you focus on for the week until you get to that deep why. Okay. Number three, choose metrics. There are so many metrics that you can use to track progress that don't involve stepping on the scale. So if that one is really triggering, what else would be meaningful to you, right? Like what other measurements? You could track your energy levels, your libido, your workouts, your workout performance, your cholesterol, your blood sugar levels. You could even just measure your sense of ease around meals, like how you're feeling. Feelings are measurable, right? How you are in your clothes, how you feel in your clothes. Think about what will serve you and what you really are wanting around body composition, body change around fat loss, around general wellness, and choose metrics that match what you want, all right? And anything, anything that you can for sure say, including feelings, works here. So there's so much more than this scale. I hope you loved my conversation with Nicole, and I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.